Welcome to another episode of What's Up with DJ. I'm your host, DJ. Each week I bring you episodes about current events, career development, finance, holistic living, and life hacks and stories of inspiration and humor. So if you will subscribe, follow, like, and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, I will greatly appreciate it. Your thoughts, opinions, and comments are always encouraged and appreciated. So with that being said, let's get right into the show. My guest this week is Joshua T. Berglund, a.k.a. the world's mayor. He is a voice for the voiceless and is driven to elevate the passion, purpose, and mission of those he serves. Joshua is the chairman of the Live Mana Worldwide Foundation and Multimedia Broadcast Network. Shock Jock, evangelist, international number one best-selling author for the book, The Devil Inside Me, MC, DJ, a film, event, and TV producer and filmmaker, Joshua is an expert in the future of media and loves supporting authors and helping making their dream come true. Thank you for joining me. Hey, I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Thank you. Yes, uh, I just think you have an amazing story, man. I mean, the reason why I want to talk to you so badly is because the question I'm always asking is how do we get past what we're what do how do we get through what we're going through you know and you are a living testimony of that i appreciate that thank you yes so um i did see your your movie and we talked a little bit about it just a few moments ago and it's an hour-long movie and i'll leave some snippets uh for you guys and also a link if uh if joshua is a mind to check that out it's a powerful story and i think that it definitely leads me to ask, man, how do you get through what you've been through? Wow. Um, well, my first instinct, of course, is to say Jesus, but it's not that simple. Because yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is that even, even giving, my, like in my case, when I gave my life to the Lord, well, that didn't really mean anything if I wasn't committed to the work and the relationship. Mm -hmm. So... Honestly, that I, I would say that the commitment to daily learning how to be better, how to be better in each area of my life, how to do things in excellence. And, but I was so far gone, that seemed impossible. And I don't know why my brain just said, after all the other times of trying to turn my life around, and I, and I reference in the book that it's, you know, like I tried a lot of times, like, okay, I, after getting arrested the first time and the fourth time, and then mm -hmm. even the fifth time and, mm -hmm. and, and all those, all the times that of getting away with different things, or I thought, oh, this is it. I'm done. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm done living this life. I'm going to turn my life around. Mm -hmm. And the minute that somebody would say to me, you're always going to be a piece of shit. Like your dad, you're always going to be a junkie. You're always going to be an abuser. You're always going to be, a, 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 I mean, it pardons my language here, man, but I, I, I'm very, I only know one way to speak and that's unfiltered. So no, no, okay. we, want, we want unfiltered. That's what we do. Podcasting, okay. man, for well, you know, you're always going to be a faggot. You're always going to be a cheater. You're always going to be a narcissist. I used to hear all those things mm -hmm. and you know what I go, yeah, yeah, you're right. And then I would just go back into the meth and the coke and my chemsex addiction. 
So this time, my sixth time in jail, and I'm looking at five years, there's no getting out the next day. I'm looking at five years. And in, mm -hmm. I'm in LA County. I'm in the psych ward because I told them I had an HIV thinking it was going to give me special privileges, which I really do have HIV. But I honestly, mm -hmm. in my brain, this is, I thought, well, I'm going to get put up in some little cush room and, you know, I'm going to sip on like milkshakes or something because I have HIV and they can't have me around the rest of the prisoners. Mm -hmm. Well, they put me in the psych ward and I was by myself, except for the people next to me. I couldn't see him, but I could hear him. The mad, the mad screaming. So anyway, that it, it took all of that. It took me knowing that I could no longer run. And that's exactly where God wanted me. I realized in that day, you can't outrun God. When God has an assignment for your life, you cannot outrun him no matter what you try to do. Like God wouldn't kill me. Like as if six overdoses wasn't enough. If all the tragic car accidents I most got in, all these other things, the times that I should have been murdered, God didn't take my life. And so I figured, yeah. well, he must really have a plan for me. So my commitment that day, it was actually my second day there, that my life was no longer my own. I was all in. I was done running, and I would do whatever he told me to do. So, so that was your rock bottom. So, so being, you know, in prison, having to admit that I'm HIV positive, and the reason why you only said that was because you didn't want to get put in the general population. No. And oh no, I'm saying I, I, I'm saying uh, I didn't want to be in general population at all. No, I wanted. Yeah. I so I thought I I was such a narcissist. I thought I deserved special privileges. Oh, okay, so that's the reason why you said it. Yeah. So so I mean, I'm just saying to to admit that to someone, how difficult was that for you to say? I'm 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 even though you're not doing it for the right reasons, you do you're still having to admit that you're HIV positive in order to get something. Oh, well, I mean, I also had to admit some of the other stuff I was doing, but no, at that time, I had not really told people that about the HIV, but when uh -huh. I got arrested, I was so high on cocaine still, I, like, you know, an A-ball in, a bottle of tequila in. So I wasn't really thinking, thinking. That's why it took two days for me to wake up to understand, oh crap, I'm in isolation. What have I done with my life? Bro, I was born into privilege. And I say privilege, I'm not like a billionaire, but I mean, I went to the country club every day. I would call that privilege. I had everything I ever needed. We went on vacations, we did all the things, but it didn't keep me from turning into a train wreck. It didn't keep bad things from happening to me. But I mean, I became a bit entitled to say the least. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, so what I wanna really focus in on is, you know, I did watch your movie. And what I got from that was that things that happened to you as a kid, regardless of how much privilege you have, no matter how much money you have, you still life still is going to happen. Yeah. You're still going to have to run into assholes on the way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on your life that are going to inflict pain on you. And then you still have to process that pain. And no amount of money or privilege is going to, going to be able to help that if you don't process it properly. So getting from having those experiences that, you know, fucked your life up and you trying to sort of figure out how am I going to cope with it and ultimately meeting rock bottom, because to me, in order to get any kind of 
uh, cure, healing, overcoming, you have to hit that rock bottom. Yeah, I mean, I think for some people, that's the way that it has to be. I, I know other people turn their life around and start doing the right thing without all that crazy. But mm -hmm. you got to understand, man, I, I I always got out of trouble. I cheated my way from I, I mean, I think I started cheating in school, like around kinder, kindergarten or first grade, and I never stopped. I didn't have any interest in what they were teaching. I was my head was everywhere. I, I just wasn't ever there. And so um, what I lost my I just lost my train of point when talking about school. Why did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> no, you come about your child. Okay, I did a bunch of drugs, by the way, not not before this broadcast, but I mean, you got to understand, I did a lot of, I had a lot of trauma early on and then, but nothing was worse. Like getting molested by men and being molested by women, being physically abused, being abandoned, be, having all those things happen. I mean, that all sucks. And that messes you up. And yes, it created DID, which is multiple personality disorder. And thank the Lord that I've been able to heal. But mm -hmm. there is nothing worse than the self-inflicted trauma that I did to myself. Going, wow. being, going on four day benders of, of, of when I say sex with like endless amounts of sex, I'm not saying that to go, Hey, look at me. I'm so cool. I'm literally like a, a fiend because I'm tweaking on meth, tweaking on blow, tweaking on whatever stimulant that I could find and having sex with anyone that I could find online. And they would go on four days straight and four days straight and four days straight. So every once in a while, you'll hear me talk. And all of a sudden, it's like the my brain skips out. <laughs> that happens from time to time. So please forgive me if I do lose where I'm at. Well, you're doing totally fine so far. <laughs> but somehow I managed to run a business. So you know what are you going to do? Anyway, um, what was the what was the question again, man? I'm so sorry. So, so for me, what I really want to understand is your, your story. You know, because I believe that any person who's going through anything. And I met many people have who have just pretty had really fucked up times in life, you know, as an adult. And usually when we start talking about their childhood, usually some really some, some bullshit happened in that phase of, the, of their life. So that's mm -hmm. one thing that I, I definitely want to talk to you about. The second thing is, is that there has to be an aha moment where you go, okay, this shit isn't working. I got to try something different. And whatever that experience is that happened to make you go, okay, I got to do something different. And then third, how do you do that? How do you get over to the other side? So there's three things that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I want to cover in this interview for you to answer those three things <laughs> in a conversational matter. <laughs> okay, well, it's, it's simple. Like I said before, you can't outrun God. And if God has a plan for you, oh, by the way, hint, he has a plan for every one of you if he created you. Yeah. So, like, and, and if you want, I mean, look, you can keep, saying, you know what, God, screw off, piss off. I'm done. I no, there is no, you can keep, you can do that. In my case, I got it. My first vision when I was seven years old after being molested. And wow. every time something traumatic happened, I would get a vision. And what I later understood in life was these visions that I was getting was God showing me what was possible for my life. That was a key point. Like God was planting a seed in me by showing me these visions. No, oh, my camera went nuts. Okay. Uh, oh, fine. Give me fine. these visions. And, and so when I was in, when I was in jail, locked up and isolated with nowhere to run, 
me sobering up to the reality that I'm going to be in jail for the next five years. And here I am. I'm this business owner I, at that time, like I had a successful skincare line that we had taken public. Uh, everything in my life on the surface looked amazing, except for the fact that I was doing cocaine three to four days a week and, and, I, and, and meth was included in that too. But here it is, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in jail. I go to LA before all this happened. I had a million dollars in the bank when I went to LA. And it took eight months for me to end up in that jail and then end up losing everything after, like ended up wow. homeless after. But it was in that jail cell that I realized that I'm like, I've got, I've nowhere to run. I've thrown away every privilege. I've gotten away with, in elementary school, I know what, remember what I was saying now. In school, I got away with everything. I could cheat in class. I didn't even have to go to class. I was a good athlete. People let me get away with stuff, but in my mind, I was talking my way out of it. So I always thought that I could get myself out of it. Every time I almost died from an overdose or every time I had a, you know, a gun pointed at me that you know, should have been dead, didn't die. I kept getting out of it. So I thought that I could get away with anything. My first wife, second wife, and even my, even my third wife, which is a whole other story, but in those, in those things that I hadn't faced issues, but like even when I, I was getting away with cheating nonstop until I got caught. But like, I, I thought I was like the Teflon Don in a way. You know, mm -hmm. I could say I'm sorry. I could talk my way out of everything. And I mean this sincerely. Every apology I made and every tear that I cried was all fake. None of it was real. None of it. Mm -hmm. Because all I really wanted to do, the only time I ever felt pain is if I got exposed, like what my something in my shadow world showed mm -hmm. up, then I got scared. But then you know when what you I did? Say, I found a way to do it. Huh? When you say when you say got exposed, you mean you, when your your wife caught you, your girlfriend caught you, or you got arrested? What do you mean? What do you mean by exposed? All of that. I mean, my mm -hmm. first when I got arrested with the, the prostitute uh, when I was married the first time, I had twins on the way. Um, I got arrested the first time. It was in the newspapers. It was in multiple newspapers across the country. It was on John TV. I got caught in a sting along with some military guys, and all of my information was published publicly. Every one of my arrests made the papers. And, yeah. and, it, and it wasn't like I was a celebrity when this was happening, but mm -hmm. for some reason, you know, here you go. Or I would be, I remember when I had my relapse, like after giving my life to the Lord, this is how my old talk show, Gratitude Unfiltered was born. I was going on this meth, I went on a crazy meth bench because I just gave up. I got tired of waiting on God, got kicked out of my leadership course. I was angry at everybody and I had tons of rage, tons of rage. Um, my girlfriend that I ended up going to jail with twice, all these things that were happening like I, I was blaming, I was mad at God, mad at her, mad at everyone. So I said, just uh, F it, screw it. Mm -hmm. So I start using drugs again, right? Well, during a broadcast, one of the people that I was talking to getting drugs and like looking for sex with on an app shows up on my live and starts commenting about what I was doing sexually the night before. Wow. So, but here's the thing. I ended up being able to talk about it, but at, but at that time, I wasn't real comfortable yet with truth, talking about HIV, talking about the chem sex addiction. I hadn't yet got to that place where I was comfortable sharing it all. 
I shared a lot. And mind you, my a lot is more than most people's uh, sum. <laughs> uh, or I'm sorry, my a lot is more than most people's life story of like of evil because they did a lot mm -hmm. of evil. And I'm not saying this mm -hmm. to brag, but it was after that in that same sequence that that happened that I'm I'm up four days straight, DJ. I'm up four days straight. I just drank. I think I told you this, and we were we talked before the interview. Mm -hmm. I drank my own urine because I I never even knew you could do that, but I Neither. heard some lady talk about it on a podcast. I later met her at an event that I was emceeing because that's what she was kind of known for. She drank her own urine. When I was high as a kite, I'm like, I couldn't find any more meth. So I was like, well, I'm going to pee in this bottle and I'm going to drink it. Well, it got me high. Um, high enough wow. to wake back up, to get on my phone. I'm back on Grinder or one of those other apps and I'm looking for meth and I'm looking for more sex. And all of a sudden, man, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm, my phone is in this hand. I'm looking and I see God drop in the corner of my eye right here. He goes, I'm not done with you yet. Mm. I'm not done with you yet. This is going to suck, but you're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world. You're no longer doing morning gratitude. From now on, you're going to do gratitude unfiltered, and you're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world, and you're going to show people the supernatural power of truth. You don't get to keep secrets. Every time that you make a mistake, every time you relapse, every time you go to another bathhouse or an orgy or cheat on somebody, you're going to go talk about it. And I kid you not, there's episodes, you can go on YouTube, you can go on our network and see it. Uh, but there are episodes where there's a, there's a suicide episode, there's a relapse episode, the relapse episode that happened two years after that. Um, a woman, because she was into watching two guy, like guys, like she was really into guy on guy stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and that she's just feeding my ultimate fantasy of drugs, dudes, and, and a chick being there and, and all of us playing. Like that was my thing. That was my go-to. Mm -hmm. Well, she's she's like rooting me on like oh and i go to this orgy at this hotel in la on sunset boulevard and i'm taking video pictures doing all of that stuff because that's what i did when i was tweaking out of my mind so i'm sending her all these videos and pictures all of a sudden i realize i don't have my wallet i can't get home oh that's actually a sidetrack story but that's a really wild what happens after that anyway i finally make it home and i make it home but in that time of not being able to get the Uber and I don't know what to do, I'm like, crap, but on my wallet, my, my cards are messed up. I have no idea how I'm going to get home. Then I had so much time to think it start, and, and also sober up. So I didn't get this opportunity to go right back to the pipe or snort another line. I didn't get that opportunity. And all of a sudden, I started going, oh, God, what have I done? I did it again. Mm -hmm. I relapsed again. So when I finally make it home, I, 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 I have a choice. It's either re-up and start this process all over again because I'd sobered up enough. I have radio to do the next day. I have all these things that I'm supposed to be doing and I don't re-up for some reason. For the first time in my life, I don't make it a two-day event, three-day event, four-day event. I stop. Mm -hmm. I get convicted. God starts talking to me. Well, guess what? You got to talk about it. I tell the girl that I can no longer talk to her because this is a slippery slope. I'm going to open the gates of hell 
And then she threatens to blackmail me with all those pictures and video. Wow. And I swear to you, this is an episode on, this is um, 2019, I believe it was. I, I'm in LA and, and, I, and, I, and, and she says this to me and I start laughing at her. I go, do you know who you're talking to? I go, I have a show called Gratitude Unfiltered and this is what I talk about. You've seen my show. So I literally went on the air the next day and just told everybody what I did. And I mm-hmm. confessed it because that's what God told me to do. Little, I lost a lot of following when that happened, and rightfully so, rightfully so. But I also got really comfortable with telling the truth, even when mm-hmm. it sucked, because I realized that that removes all the power away from the enemy when you tell the truth. When you pull, basically, when I tell the truth on myself, I've removed all of your bullets, and you can't do a thing to me because I've already said it. I'm the one preacher on this planet, and I'm not, I don't really consider myself a preacher, more of an evangelist, but I'm the one on this planet that'll tell you that I still struggle with the sexual desires that I have. I still struggle with drug cravings. I still do all that. I don't, I'm just not actively participating in it, but Mm -hmm. it's something that haunts me every single day because you have to understand, I never had normal sex, DJ. I was molested, molested, molested. I have one relationship where it's kind of like love and sex, but mm-hmm. it, that wasn't real. And so my whole relationship with sex was about chemsex. Like I didn't have sex. And so- explain, explain chemsex because maybe the listeners out there have never heard that term before. Okay. So you've heard of drug addiction, mm-hmm. which is people using, and it could be any drug. And then you've heard of sex addiction. Well, for me, chemsex addiction, which is what it was for me, because it was cocaine, the very first time I did cocaine, um, mind you, it was pretty strong, but it made all the nightmares turn to fantasies like that. And immediately, all those things that I was terrified of because of what happened to me, I immediately that night went out to pursue it and I got it. So my brain associated sex and drugs together and comfort and love and safe and fun and all the other things. And that kicked off, I kid you not, from 18 years old, no, well, 19 years old, 19 years old till 36, I was a chem sex addict, which is using meth excessively in sex with God knows who, how many people, or cocaine. I, I started with cocaine and dabbled with meth, but after that, because I screwed up my nose, I went straight to meth. And never look back. And so when you had to, when you, you know, I don't know if you had to or not, but you admitted to, you know, to your fans um, in 2019 that, you know, hey, I just, you know, this has happened. I don't know if you mentioned that the, the reason why you were doing it because woman was trying to blackmail you or not. But did you feel that, did you feel any guilt, shame when you were uh, admitting this on your, on your, on your show? No, I was embarrassed, but I was, I didn't have shame because here, here's what happened. I know for a fact, and I'd already learned this. I, I didn't know this prior, like many, much sooner, than this, but I had already gotten used to telling the truth mm-hmm. and I, even the bad stuff. And I saw what God did with it. But I also remember how I felt when I kept secrets. It's almost like I have Asperger's at this point because now I can't keep the secret. Like, I don't care if it's a little small. Like, I'll tell my wife. I was like, man, that chick, I, 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 I saw this chick at the gym. And, uh, you know, 
I was checking her out and I got caught. <laughs> like, I'll just tell her. Because I can't, like, what guy tells his wife that he's checking out another girl's boobs? She better be very secure, very Because I start, because I, I, that, those secrets feel like poison to me now. Mm-hmm. And so, because I used to keep all the secrets, but now that I don't have them, it feels great to not have them. So mm-hmm. the answer to your question is, I felt comfortable telling the truth. I didn't like, look, I didn't like losing followers and all that stuff because I had a, a bigger ego then. Now I'm just like, I don't care. But then I did and it hurt, but I also got to see and knew God would use it if I confessed it. And when I did, guess what happened? It helped a lot of people. I have zero Mm -hmm. regrets. Sure, it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. What I've learned over the years, DJ, is that it is a, the, the, what, what, for me, a relationship with Jesus is not inside of a church building. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even, like, we created our own church and we have church at home. And we do all the things where we're just, it's not interpretation. It's not your funny stories. It's just the Bible. And we talk about it in process and has fellowship. We do that every day. And, and then we talk about it on our broadcast and we have, and it's a much different style of ministry, but a relationship is something that you have every single day. And that has been something that has dramatically changed my life. It's healed me and it's helped me become the man that I am And I also get to see miracles manifest every day because the Jesus that I follow is not some rule beating you over the head, restrictive guy that I have a much more wild life with Jesus than I ever did playing with the devil. Promise you. Every every day of my life is an adventure. Every day Mm -hmm. of my life, I get to experience something new and I get to do it sober. I'm a fan of cannabis. Not going to lie about that. I love cannabis. I think it's a gift from God. It's it's God's medicine. And if you don't like it, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. No, no, man. Not you. I, I'm just talking about who's listening. Like, yeah. I'm an advocate for these things. So I'm a much different Jesus guy. And when I talk about Jesus, I'm real. Because you know what? How I got, how I turned my life around, it started with me screaming at God and cursing at him. Like, why won't you effing change me? Why won't you effing fix me like everybody else? I'm mm-hmm. screaming at God, but that's also when God started to talk back to me and <laughs> what he said, wrecked me. So to answer the other questions that you've asked, how did I change my life? Yeah. It started with compassion. Okay. I started, compassion. It started because when I was screaming at God, God says to me, you have to forgive your father. Well, how in the F am I supposed to do that after what he did to me, what he did to my mom, what he did to my sisters? F no, F that. No. You have to forgive your father. How? Why? Because it happened to him too. What? Mm -hmm. And when I heard God say it happened to him too, all of a sudden, DJ, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I've become just like, no, I'm worse than my father. Mm -hmm. I made a mockery of my dad's funeral. I showed up an hour late because I had an orgy with my girlfriend at the time, the night before going into 6 a.m. on Coke and everything else. And then the funeral starts at eight. I showed up at 9.15. I showed up at 9.15, I hated him that bad. And I realized in that moment, in that isolation, in that jail cell in LA County, that I'd Mm -hmm. become worse than my father, worse. So after then, realizing not only that I needed to forgive my dad, I needed to ask forgiveness from him. So 
it was compassion, then forgiveness. And forgiveness is like a muscle, like faith. It's, it didn't all happen at one time. It's a process. But sometimes that forgiveness, what that'll do is that'll remove enough angst or ugly out of you to make some space for some good stuff. And that's what happened. This compassion cracked my shell open. Forgiveness mm -hmm. broke my heart. And as T.D. Jake says, the blessings and the breaking. Because when my heart broke and I realized that I've been running from God and running from what my purpose was and what he created me to do this entire time, I had no choice in that moment. I had no other desire, DJ, other than to say, I'm done. My mm -hmm. life is no longer my own. Take my life, it's yours. And that's all I said. And I swear to you that the Holy Spirit, like, drops me on the top, like hits me on the top of the head and then like lightning shoots to my legs, knocks me down and lifts me up at the same time. And I swear to you, if it did not feel that supernatural, I'm not sure I'd still be following Jesus. But that supernatural experience wrecked me and made me go, oh, this is pretty real. Mm. And that is how the process started to me making the commitment to daily, not only just daily in the word, but daily, because the closer I've gotten, this is a trip, and I, some people may call this blasphemous, I, I don't care. The, but the more I've gotten to know about God, the more I've learned about who I am. The more I've learned about Jesus and the closer I've gotten to Jesus, the more I've realized who I am. And guess what? I'm still not perfect. <laughs> I'm still far from it. I still, like, if you had to force me to label, I mean, I'm in the Bible every single day. I don't, I don't abuse drugs. I don't use drugs anymore, except for cannabis. And I don't call that a drug. It's medicine. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't do those same things that I was doing before. And, 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 but I'm still not perfect. I'm still flawed. Like my sexuality is still like up in the air because like some days I still don't know because it, it, it gets confused, but you know what, or not confused, but it's like, well, I mean, my wife is a freaking babe and she knows about this stuff. And I love making love to my wife. I love like effing my wife. I love doing all that stuff with my wife. But, mm -hmm. you know, I still got that other stuff in me. And so now, but it doesn't have that grip on me. So I can acknowledge that I'm attracted to a guy or I get turned on by a certain situation that I'm like, maybe I wish I didn't, but I did. I can admit it and I feel okay about it. I don't feel like God's going to strike me down and kill me because of it. Because ultimately, three years into my walk with the Lord, I still didn't believe God loved me, like mm -hmm. loved me, all of me. I thought he loved part of me, but he hated this side of me that like men. I thought mm -hmm. he hated that. So I, because of that, I could not love or trust. I couldn't trust myself because of that. And finally, accepting that God loved me just the way I was, then I started making more loving decisions for myself. And as I'm doing that, I'm getting to know who I am and what God created me to be. And so now I can see me and I can say to you on this show that I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart. I live my life in service to him and his children all day, every day. It's all I do. The movies we make, the content we make, everything we do, the, the shows that we create for other people, that's a service. We give this stuff away. We, we, we sow into other people to elevate the voices that have been voiceless for so long. I get to do that, and it's all because of the Lord. And guess what? I'm getting to do all this. My fruit is ripe and beautiful. I'm living the life of my dreams, and I'm still not perfect.
Imagine yeah. that. That's one yeah. heck of a, that, that's, a, that's a God that I want to serve that gives me that kind of grace to learn and walk this Jesus thing out where he's not expecting mm-hmm. me to be perfect day one. Yes, it sounds like to me that you expanded your definition of God, you know, and it's you know, still not big enough. It's still not big enough. It'll never be big enough, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm still recognizing and, and redefining my my concepts and ideas of God, you know, and you know, being a gay man myself and and having to go through that process of what that was about, you know, I had to to let go of a lot of definitions that were given to me and reevaluate my definition of God for myself. And it sounded like you had to go through that process of redefining, you know, you know, God is real. You having these experiences that let you know that God is real. So you don't have any question about that. It's just a matter of, well, wait a second, this God that I'm getting to know doesn't sound like the God that the definition that it was given to me that people have been telling me, like, wait a second, hold on now. I gotta read, look at this again. Yeah, and listen, and, and God loves you exactly the way you are. And any Christian that says differently can go to hell. And, and I mean, I, I, yeah, so, you know, to me, I always say to people, if that's what you believe, make sure you're doing it. Because <laughs> it's one thing about, about telling people what they should be doing and what they're doing themselves. So a lot of times I'm like, you know, if you, you believe that so, so clearly and so profoundly, then make sure that God that you are saying that believes that and uh, are, you know, has this heaven or hell to put you in, then make sure you're doing it. And what's so funny about it is when you start really looking at, are they doing it? No, they're not. So I have a profound uh, respect for people who understand the, about what it means to be human and having a human experience. And when you are really ready to look at that, you know, pop the hood open and say, this is what it is, and God still loves me, that's something that that's, that takes a whole lot of growth to get to that place. Yeah. And there's, and there's one thing about, look, if you know something's wrong and you go do it, as far as I'm concerned, you deserve whatever consequence you get. But there's people that are just living their life and they make mistakes or they slip because they let the voices in their head take over or desire just absolutely cripples them. Like, look, I get it. I'm there. I know. I've been that way. I've come a long way from where I'm at. And I still struggle with these things. But grace is an amazing thing. I don't believe it's something to take advantage of. And we all do it. But it's such a blessing to have that grace to get to try again, to get to do it over again, to go, I can do better. I can be the best me because ultimately all I want to be is everything God created me to be. And I'm grateful that I get to share my experience with, it wasn't just men. I mean, I was into trannies too. And I know that's probably not the proper term for it, but that's what I called them back then. That's what I'm going to call it now. Like I was into all that. In fact, a lot of people that you know, are in love with some Hollywood starlets, they're going to be really amazed when they learn that they're actually dudes. Um, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but I mean, that's real because I mean, I'm, I'm in the industry. I, I know these things. Um, <laughs> and I've seen it firsthand. So I, I'm telling you, 
Like we just get to be who we are and be the best that we can be. And look, and if we're doing something wrong and we're convicted of it inside convicted, not you convicting me, the Holy Spirit inside, you know, when you're being convicted of something, you know, when you're being led down a path, you know, when you're being called, called into action, called to speak up, you know, those things. And I say the most important thing that we can ever do is be obedient to the spirit inside of us, because that is where the truth is for us, is inside of us, not the TV, not even out of my mouth. I don't lie, but listen, I don't even care if you listen to me. I'd rather listen, you listen to God, the God inside of you, like that mm -hmm. thing that what he put inside of you, listen to that, because any mm -hmm. other thing is not for you because it's not you. And so when these people, like I see on social media all the time, people get in arguments about their interpretation about uh, what a verse says. Out of what book? Like there's 95 denominations of the Bible. You want to argue over a word? Words have power. And a word in a sentence that's been removed or added changes the sentence. So you're going to argue about that. It's a senseless argument. It's a waste of time. You want to argue about the rapture and pre and post trib. What does that have to do with being like Jesus? What does yeah, that have to do yeah. with love? Nothing. So shut up and stop arguing about these things and just focus on being the best you can be being like Christ. The, the, Christ, whether you believe he was a real person or not, the example that was laid out in his story, again, if you don't believe it's real, the example that he laid out is the perfect human. There's no yeah. better way to live than that. And that model that he gave us, to me, is worth following. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, every word you said there, I definitely feel exactly the same way. And I think, you know, in your book, um, The Devil Inside Me, which is available on Amazon, and also on your website, and bars nope, and I'll have those links in the show description. Um, I would definitely, you know, and you're chronicling you're, you're chronicling your your journey through get, you know getting telling people how the what happened, how you overcame it, how you overcame um, those addictions, and you know, from believer, you know, once the addict, always the addict, just. 20 years removed from wherever it started, you know, ended. So I, I do not feel like no one walks the earth without an addiction. It's just that maybe your addiction is legal. <laughs> maybe the addiction that you have is food <laughs> or it's television or whatever it is. It's just My that some drug dealer. Say it again. I was just saying some people's drug dealers, their doctor. So there you go. Exactly. You have an opioid, opioid crisis right now going on, you know? So, so, uh, so it, the judgment, um, I let go of because, you know, you can, I believe that what sometimes when you are taking other people's beliefs and processing them as your own, it can lead you down the wrong road where you're listening to that rhetoric in your, the back of your mind. Instead of hearing what you were saying about your own convictions and your own intuition, you're busy listening to the outside voices and turning that off and saying, I have a direct connection to spirit. What will God have me do in this moment? I don't know if you can see it. Ah. 
that that's it. Yeah. So, man, whatever. It's um basically on my to do list. Uh-huh. It's always clean, and at the top it says, "Lord, what do you want me to do today?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that. it's it that to me is. It's all, it, I can't go wrong when I, I operate that way. And, and look, the reason, I mean, my days are never the same because of that. And I get so much done. We get to create so many fun things and get to do so many fun things. I'm not married to a schedule. I'm not married to anything. I just go, God, what do you want me to do? And you know what God says sometimes? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And I'm okay with that now. I used to not be, <laughs> but Sometimes you have to rest and that's okay. Like it's, it's a wonderful way to live. It's a freeing way to live. And I'm not worried about what religious boobs tell me that I should be doing and not, because if I listened to other people, I would never have written the book with my wife. I never would have made the movie with my wife. We would never be doing any of the ministries that we've launched grace unfiltered and gratitude unfiltered where we're redefining church, where we're giving the pulpit to the people and we do all the production, we do all of it. There's no charge. We do it because we want to make space for the misfits and the outcasts, the people that never felt welcome in the church. Like we get to do all that because we're obedient only to one and that is the Holy Spirit. That is God. That is the Lord. Whatever you whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter for me. It's that I'm obedient to the call. And when God yeah. says to do something or says, hey, I want you to go this way, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go that way. Because I'm never wrong when that happens. It always works out the, perfectly when I listen to that. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. And that's exactly what I try to do for myself. You know, whenever I'm in that place where I'm like, you know, why hasn't this happened yet? And why hasn't that happened yet? And I got to get all this stuff done. And I have to come back to, if I can't go easy on myself, why do I expect any, any, anyone else will? And it have expectation that other people should go easy on me if I can't even go easy on myself. Yeah. So some days I have to just say, you know what? Today is going to be about mental health. <laughs> it's going to be about me doing absolutely nothing that's going to be outside of what's not going to be about my wellness. And sometimes that's like, that's nothing. Sometimes it's like, okay, then nothing's going to get done today. Or maybe sometimes there's nothing to do that I've I, I exhausted all things that I can do in this moment then maybe nothing is the appropriate thing to do, you know? That's hard to do because society has said everything but. But I got news for you. What has society been right about with your life ever? Ever. You should vote. Vote for who? You should listen to Dr. Fauci. What? Really? (laughs) You, 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 and people, and like, look, and I don't want to offend anybody that, that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I just, I guess I may have been somebody, but I mean, even like what's happening in Russia right now, mm-hmm. people like are siding with Ukraine. I work with human trap, like anti-human trafficking organizations and anti-organ harvesting organizations. It's a big part of what we do with our foundation is giving of like giving platforms and media services to these organizations. Ukraine is where money laundering human trafficking and organ harvesting and Nazis all coexist. 
Like people think we won World War II, bull crap. We didn't win. We brought the Nazis here. The Bush family are Nazis. And I don't want to go down this road right now. I'm sorry. I'm just no, saying no. all of I this crap that we've been told, oh, he's a Christian president. I, I highly recommend for you to watch a show called The Family. This is all marketing nonsense bullshit. Every bit of it. Oh, he's talking about God. So that means he loves Jesus. Really? <laughs> Look at the man's actions. These guys are not the Bush family, the Clintons, Obama, even Trump. Trump's, uh, don't get me started there. Like we are in the middle of, because we've been listening to the news, the media, the newspapers, the prints, we've all been mentally raped. We are in the middle of the biggest psyop ever. And all it's doing is to scare us and distract us because if we ever learn who we really are, we are going to step up and we're going to end this tyranny that's gone on. And it's been going on since the before we were born. We came out of our daddy's nutsack, basically <laughs> going into some form of slavery. All of us. It doesn't matter what color you are or what religion you are or what it doesn't. None of that matters. We've all been slaves. Every one of us, we were born into a demonic financial system. This whole America, make America great crap. America was never really that great. I'm sorry to tell you, but how we became great in theory was by destroying other people's lives. The Vatican, the, the Vatican, I'm sorry, the Rome, the Vatican, London, England, and the United States are basically all the same thing. We are Babylon and we are going to hell in a handbasket as a nation. We are the war machine of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire never went away. It turned into the Catholic Church. We are their military in the form of a country. That's how insane that this is, that all this stuff that's going on and we're distracted by it, we're watching it like, oh, we got to root for Ukraine and, and because that's going to save America and this is going to save the world. That's going to bring world peace. Bull crap. It's all designed. We have to turn off the distractions and get quiet so we can listen to God inside of us. Listen to our spirit. Listen to it tell us and show us truth and start walking that out. And here's one thing I want to say to all of your listeners, and I mean this with all my heart. I don't care what's happening in the world right now. That does not change the purpose for which you were created for. Your purpose yeah. is more alive today than it's ever been. So I know that I just went down this little wormhole. No, I'm I'm there with you, man. This is the thing that nobody's talking about, and I'm in I'm I'm in, in solidarity with all the peace people, the people who want peace in the world. I'm in total solidarity with those people in in, in any form, whatever country you're in. If you're in Russia and you're about peace, if you're in Ukraine and you're about peace, or you're in America and you're about peace, I'm in total solidarity with you. But the thing that we have to consider is that a lot of times, and we look in other countries look at the United States, is hypocrisy. 2003, we went and bombed a country called Saudi Arabia and killed many people in Saudi Arabia. And because of our own wants and desires about Saudi Arabia. So, and then we're you know, now, you know, in 2022, criticizing Russia for invading Ukraine. Well, we did the same thing in 2003. So it's hypocrisy there, but 
the thing about it is, is that, like you said, we can't get tied into the media entertainment that happens with news and news entertainment that happens because it's just another distraction. And at the end of the day, it's not about what the news is trying to throw down our throats because they got this other thing going on that we not they don't want to talk about. <laughs> but coming back to I am for peace. That's and I don't care what that looks like, long as we are all looking for that. Here's what's gonna happen. We're all gonna get a rough truth, and I want to make this clear. I do not support the Q movement. So what I'm about to say may sound Q-ish. But it, what this, they, they did tell a lot of truths in, in that movement. We are about to see the truth unveiled about the Catholic Church, celebrities, and politicians. Babylon is falling, and, and we're part of Babylon. I'm, I'm just letting you know. We are going to see things that are going to absolutely horrify us. We are going to see hell on earth. And that there's no avoiding that. But I want to tell you this. I still mean that your purpose is more alive today than it's ever been. And the promises of God are true, but God didn't promise everything was going to be nice and rosy. FYI. Like, exactly. said, I mean, it's pretty, like if you read Isaiah, it's pretty clear that Babylon is going to get wiped out, but God's children and us, like who we are as God's children and what we get to be plays a very, very important role. And, do, and I do believe that we will see amazing, beautiful, peaceful, loving, glorious days. But we're going to see hell first. Like, we're going to see hell play out on earth. And it, you know what? It's pretty, it's pretty crazy right now if you're paying attention to the nonsense. I turned it off because I know they're not telling anything truthful. But, you know, I've been talking about this stuff for two and a half years on my show about what was going to happen I did an episode called Meet the Beast. It's Gratitude Unfiltered, Meet the Beast. I lay out everything that's going to take place, and it's all taking place right now. And that was two and a half years ago. And I'm not saying that I'm some kind of prophet. Just God gives me visions. But I, I, but I also know for a fact that God's children are going to be okay. And there's no reason to fear. There's no reason to worry. And so what we should be doing, instead of watching the news, instead of going, oh, my God, when's gas going to go to $10 a gallon? When is my food going to inflate 200%? Like, that's probably going to happen, yeah, because there's going to be a financial crash, and they're going to bring in QFS. That's what's coming. That said, don't focus on that. Make every minute of your life count. Now is the time to reconnect with your family. Any resentments that are out there that you have, any any anger and hostility you have towards somebody, any lack of forgiveness, end all that. It's not worth it, especially if you fought over the jab, if you fought over vaccines, you fought over uh, uh, who, who you were voting for for president. None of that shit matters. None of it. None of it's relevant to your life. None of it. What's relevant to your life is being what you were created to be and walking that out every day. Being an example, walking out love, being love, being a good listener instead of wanting everyone to, sh to hear your damn opinion, listen intently, have compassion, because we're never going to solve these issues that have been manufactured by the media, because there's still people that don't think the media did it. They still believe that we should really hate each other because of these beliefs. 
We were all victim of a psyop. And if we just start listening and hearing people out and we have compassion and that we love each other, and more importantly, we start using our gifts to be a blessing to other people instead of trying to bless our mm -hmm. damn selves with it, we will <laughs> reverse course a little bit and we're going to show that we're a safe place because mark my words, today is, uh, it's, it, we're, we're at the beginning of March. I won't say this very specific day, date, but we are at the very beginning of March. And the reason, and what you need to hear is this. A lot of those people that were angry at you for not getting jabbed are going to eventually apologize to you. The news that's getting ready to come out, it's already circulated through the international news stream. But the news that's getting ready to come out is going to absolutely wreck people. They're going to find out what their government has been up to, really. Notice how Dr. Fauci has disappeared. There's a reason for that. And as, as, a, and as somebody that has HIV, I want to tell you how I knew a lot, how I found out a lot about this stuff, is that not only, so when um, all of this first started, going back to March uh, 2020, when I did the Meet, Meet the Beast episode, I talked about HIV being in the vaccines and jabs. Well, I didn't know about the jabs, then, but the vaccines. I talked about HIV being in it. And, and, I, and the reason why is because when first COVID first came out, they were talking about Gilead. And Gilead is the, the pharmaceutical company that makes my, my HIV meds. I'm like, well, why would they be involved with, this is weird. Why would Gilead be looking for the cure or working to make the cure? This doesn't make sense. So I started researching. And then I started to learn about who Dr. Fauci really was. And then, because I'm a master of the dark web, because that's where I've done a lot of my uh, bad things, I was able to find a lot of information that really messed me up. And that said, I started talking two and a half years ago saying, hey, you shouldn't take this because this is what's gonna happen. And, uh, and people are about to start to realize what's gonna happen. And if you don't, audience out there, if you don't believe me, go get your, if you've been jabbed and boosted, go get your CD4 counts tested. If you don't believe me, go get an immune system check and then see if you still believe me or not. Because I don't, I don't want to be right about this, but I am. Vaccine-induced AIDS is a real thing. I got a hold of the list of side effects from the jab and what it was causing. It was, it was ridiculous, the amount. And in that, it painted the picture of, this is an immune system wrecker, and that's what AIDS is. And, 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 and know this too, you better believe that they already have a treatment out for it too. They're just waiting. So I'm saying this, quit paying attention to the world leaders, quit listening to mommy and daddy, quit listening to everybody, including me. Listen to DJ's show though, but don't listen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> do, your, do your own, do your, not research on the news, but just, in fact, none of that even matters. No information matters right now. What matters is you getting connected with yourself, getting connected with God, and being and living out who you are supposed to be, who you are created to be, because that is where you're going to find peace. That is where you're going to find joy. And that is where you're going to find also the people that belong in your life. And because you're, and, 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 and truth attracts tribe. It really does. 
Yeah, I, lo- I love that. Say it again. You said truth attracts tribe. I like it that. Does. And it does. And if you're living a lie, if you're living a lie, look around you. All those mm-hmm. people that are in your life aren't mm-hmm. there for you. Mm-hmm. They're not there for you. How does mm-hmm. that feel? It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. But that's the consequence of living a lie. Yeah. Yeah, man. I am totally. Uh, that's you said it right there. That summed up my whole day right there. You know, truth is how you find your tribe. And I, I definitely feel you on that, man. You know, and well, tell us more about your network. So blessed, man. Um, when I, I, I broadcast on a lot of different streaming TV networks and I had awful experiences, uh, awful. And then I got asked to be a part of E360 and started broadcasting on there. And it's a network for independent content creators. And about a, uh, six months into it, I think, I got asked to be a producer. And as a producer, I got really involved with the back technology. Well, anyway, long story short, I was able to get the technology and white label it for us to create our own network. Um, and it's live. Live Mana, live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. So originally what you had to do to find the network was download the E360 app on your smart TVs and you would find us. Um, And so we're still there, but now we have our own app on Roku and Amazon Fire. Now, I, and which is great. So you can just look up Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network and you'll see us there on Roku and Amazon Fire, but we are distributed every possible platform, audio, video. And so even we even publish uh, the news articles, like we transcribe everything, but our network, is only for the content that we produce. We don't bring people on. Um, We have a program called Voices for the Voiceless. And right now, um, so we have two shows that are under that umbrella, which is Grace Unfiltered and Gratitude Unfiltered, which I spoke about before. Um, And any other show like Love Most, the podcast with Dea, that's on there. It's a a show that we produce. Uh, We put our, our movies there. So we only do the things that we create or that we're involved with. And the reason why is this is because what we teach with our foundation is we teach people how to be their own media organization. Broadcasting, multimedia broadcasting is what I call it because it's on all mediums. But broadcasting is what is the, that's one piece of it. But when you think of media and you think of Disney, think about everything Disney is involved with. Think about all their sub networks that they own and think about what they're involved with. We teach people how to do that because now anyone can do it. You don't need giant buildings. You don't need a staff of 800 people. You don't need any of that. You can literally run a network from your laptop and it's a little bit harder with your phone, but you could in theory do that, but it's much, much easier with a computer and you can do it. Um, So we teach people how to do that Our heart, uh, DJ, is for the youth, because I know this from a fact. I can't go get a job at a regular, I mean, I don't want a job, a regular job, but I can't get one anyway. My record's too bad, and um, even though I've healed from DID now, you know, like, God didn't create me to be under someone's thumb. It just, this is the way it is. But a lot of the people that we work with, and we, we teach, and we counsel, and we consult are the youth, 
or people with really dark past like mine that have turned their life around. And so every resource we have, we give to them. We have private clients. We work with some big companies, um, but primarily our heart is to work with the youth and people with troubled past. Um, and, and I love it. So, and we teach them basically to duplicate what we've done and, 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 and beyond that, because I'm also vice president of another TV network and uh, we do things a little bit differently, but it's all great. I, I love it. And in the future, DJ, we will all be media first organizations because the other thing that's going to happen that you're going to see happen is CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all the, uh, those dominant power players in media will be no longer. Like mm -hmm. there will be nothing like it is now. In fact, it's already been fading away. But what you're going to see is you're going to see the rise of like DJ's media company. So, you know, whatever your media company, you're going to have a piece and you're going to have your tribe around that. I'm going to have a piece. Other people, that's where we're going because media, as we know it in content, film, TV, events, even social media, it's all going to blend into one thing eventually. Like we're, we're, we're on our way there now. And that may be hard for people to comprehend, but with immersive media, with metaverse, everything is about you being in the content. And the only way that we are going to be able to stay, stay ahead of AI is by being a media organization because it's the most powerful medium in the world. Um, also media, what it does, it makes you the center of the universe. So now all of a sudden, if you think about all of the, um, all of the revenue streams that a Disney has, we as humans need to be doing the same thing for ourselves. So everything that we teach, books, production, speaking on camera, and mind you, I'm not trained. I've just done a bunch of it. And, and that's why I have my own style, which is basically chaotic and schizophrenic. And that's just how I am. <laughs> You're um, doing pretty good. You're but doing we, pretty teach, good, I must say. we teach people how to do all this stuff um, also, the other reason we teach it is so people know how to get around censors. I've been kicked off Facebook a bunch, sus you know, suspended on Twitter and YouTube the same way. And I'll, the whole time I'm laughing because I'm like, all you're doing is proving my case. Every time you censor me for exposing the truth about something, telling the truth about Ukraine is what got me kicked off Facebook. Um, and, and, and I mean, I can't do lives for a year. I'm restricted for a year. And um, you know, now I can finally post again, but that's it. I can't do anything else. So Facebook sucks. But that said, they help my case by censoring me. So I'm fortunate that we have our network that nothing stopped us. So we literally give away our intellectual property so that other people can go on and make their dreams come true. Because I don't care if you're an attorney, a doctor, um, a cheerleader, a nail tech, a speaker, an author, you all are going to need to become a media company sooner than later. That is the only way that you're going to survive what's coming. Yeah, man, I, I, uh, you know, I, I have to check out in terms of news media as well. And I call it news entertainment because, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's uncomfortable for me to watch it because I can handle a new thought. I can handle a thought that's not, uh, similar to my own and we live in a time where all we want to hear is the same 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 and 
God forbid you should challenge anybody's beliefs. <laughs> and, you know, and that's where we're at now. And I listened to some pundit on television and she was just nailing at home in terms of what she thought I wanted to hear. And I'm like, this is so full of shit, you know, and she's full of shit, you know. And it don't matter who it is, if it's um, you know, MSNBC or it's Fox News or whoever, they're just telling you what they think you want to hear. That's it. And no new thought is presented unless they feel like you want to lean in and listen. And that's sad. And it's also sad for a lot of the listeners, too, because what I'm sensing, feeling, and what I've seen is anytime, like he was saying earlier, when you told the truth about, hey, I relapsed. No, I owe people's head explode and then they want to tune out because something real just happened, you know? And that's unfortunate that we got to this place where we can't entertain a new thought or anything that's incongruent to what you think you already believe. Hmm. That's powerful, man. I, you know, I think, I thank God every day that he made me different. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma City. And I, and listen, where I'm from has evolved a lot. And, but, you know, it's primarily, I think it graduated with like 1200 people or something like that. It was a lot. And, um, you know, I mean, I was primarily white, but I was, I'm, I feel very fortunate that I was always attracted. I mean, when I say attracted, not sexually, well, that some of that too, but people that look differently than me, like, I didn't want to be around. I didn't want to talk to people that looked like me. It seemed boring. And like the things that always went through my head were so different that I almost felt safer with people that looked differently than me than mm -hmm. anything. And so now looking back at it, like I'm even when I was like messed up and evil and hurting and all that stuff, like I'm fortunate that I had that in me. And, and you know, my, my, I thank my mother for this too. And my, and my dad too, even though I hated my dad, you know, he was a, he was a giver to people in need. Like, for sure. I wasn't in need, so he never gave me anything. But everybody else, he did. I mean, and, and my mom the same way. And, and getting to be around them and see that they were friends and kind and loving to everyone around them, and no matter what they looked like, didn't matter if they were gay or Muslim or Buddhist or any of that stuff. They were just always kind. And that had an effect on me. You know, you treat people like you want to be treated. Well, you know, and, and I, and I think people were interesting. So I'm fortunate that it happened for me, even growing up in a primarily white area. Um, but you're, you're right. in what you're saying, like, I don't, I don't want to hear the same language every day. I don't want to hear the same talking points. And by the way, the talking points, if you look across all the news channels are virtually the same damn thing. Yeah, exactly. Because the same corporation owns it. Like that's they're giving them the news to read to you. They're giving the script. Have you ever noticed how a president can't just talk off the cuff because they're being told what to say? Oh, I know they're speechwriters, but they're not using your words. You're saying what you're told to say. And that's the society that we live in. Everything needs to be scripted, perfect. And if anything, we probably are living in some kind of weird movie right now. But um, but 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 anyway, back to the original point. We should celebrate our differences. They, mm -hmm. We attack them. But the problem is the things that we have to unite around are not perfect. Like the things mm -hmm. of this world, we can unite around a sports team. 
but you know, you, you disagree about the quarterback play or someone gets traded or they have a bad season, then people are fighting. You, you, you rally around a politician. Well, look how that works out. You rally around to get jabbed or not. That's a thing. All of these things that we have, even rally around your church. What happens? The church welcomes you with the open arms. Oh, thank you for being here. We love you. We love you. Come to our membership classes. And then you decide that that church isn't right for you. Those same people that loved you will mm-hmm. never talk to you again when you leave. Mm-hmm. But so you, so you unite around the church. Now, I believe if we all reunited around the love of Christ, then all of a sudden we could look at each other's differences and be like, thank God you're not like me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and like, because we should celebrate that you're, we're not like each other. You don't mm-hmm. want to live my life. I don't want to live yours. Mm-hmm. I love the and life I get and to live. And it's not and pretty. It's impossible. And it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. It's, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's impossible for, for how in the world can we live in a world where if, you know, now we are more interconnected because I can get on an airplane and go to China or I can get on an airplane and go to Africa. But before all that, there's no possible way. So we want to all evolve on the continent that we're on. So it's impossible that, how is it possible that you're going to all have the same religion and look the same totally and, you know, and have all these samenesses when you are evolving on a whole nother continent? You know, and I was just in the grocery store the other day. It was in you know Walmart, just walking from the. I was at the you know the last um, at the last uh, the place where you know you, you scan your stuff or they, they charge you whatever. I can't even think of the name of right now at the cash register, and I walked. And I was walking okay. to the to the door to go to my car, and I probably heard three or four different languages as I walked past each register to get to to get out the store. And I thought that was so beautiful and so amazing that I was in a place where these families were all shopping and checking out and hearing all these different languages from, you know, someone who was Indian or someone who was Hispanic, someone who's, you know, of course, American, someone maybe who's from, from Africa, from, from Nigeria or Ghana. I thought it was just freaking amazing, you know? And like, thank God I get to experience that. And so when you said earlier about we need to celebrate our differences, that's what's so great about it, you know? And for people not to see that, I feel like your life is, you're, you're less, you're, you're, well, for me, because I, I have a, a group of diverse friends who have different races and cultural backgrounds, my life is so much better and so much uh, enhanced by that. And for someone who doesn't have that, I feel like you're missing out on something that's amazing. Yeah, you're you're right. I had the opportunity. Um, my second tour of living in LA. Uh, it was the it was three Thanksgivings ago, actually. There was there was about thirty people there. It was with my friend. I have a friend that's a part of. It's in the book. But I don't want to ruin anything for people that read it. But a very special person in my life it happens to be a celebrity. Um, and at the dinner table for Thanksgiving, we had people from Hungary, Brazil, Mexico, um, Suriname, like all like. And there was so many languages being spoken at the table. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't understand a freaking word any of you are saying. <laughs> but I was so happy. It didn't matter. 
and everybody, you know, we all danced after and like had this amazing time. And I mean, they spoke English too. And I felt like the dumb American that barely speaks English. <laughs> um, and I felt so unintelligent, but um, it was one of the most special days of my life. And I, and I love that. And when you were going back to the peace comment, man, all I want to see in life is people elevated into their God-given purpose. And when you're in your God-given purpose, you don't have time to even care about nonsense. You don't have time. The distractions don't mean anything to you. So why would you waste your time there? Because you're in your purpose. And guess what? Your purpose really has nothing to do about you. It has to do with other people. You get to use your gifts to be a blessing to other people. And like, if we could all just start doing this, and it sounds easier said than done, but if we could all start doing this, we can have that peace. Because you know what? I have friends from the Ukraine and I have friends from Russia and they're freaking awesome. And they just so happen to be friends with each other. Do you think they want war with each other? No. No. Um, and I'm friends with, I have Chinese friends and I love them. And they're, and they're awesome people. Awesome. I don't want to see them die. I'm not, I, I listen, I love that we, I get to live in America. I love that we've had these freedoms. I don't love how we got them, but I do love all that. And I appreciate it. And I've been spoiled living here, but you know what? I've always considered myself more of a global citizen because mm -hmm. I want all the world to prosper. I want all the, or, or at least everyone have the chance to a fair shot. You don't get a job because of your skin color. You don't get a, a, an opportunity because of a belief system. Like, screw all that. Just be you. Like, I'm, you know, like everyone should have a fair shot. And so many people are born. Like, I've, I've been blessed to learn enough about not, a, not I want to learn more, but redlining and gentrification and like how like the cities all worked and how the cities got built and why things are the way that they are. Man, that broke my heart. Like Minneapolis, um, I moved here. I moved here. Uh, I was here visiting, and the riots broke out, and I just never went home. I just felt led to stay. But downtown Minneapolis is a prime example of what happens with gentrification and redlining. And 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 there are people that are literally born into disadvantage, and it's mm -hmm. and it's even more. It's it, their skin color can be a part of it. Religion can be a part of it, where they're born can be a part of it. I mean, those things can factor in, but man, there are people that are legitimately born with almost no chance. And the reason why is we have these generational curses and these, gener these uh, what do you call them? These cycles of, these generational cycles of addiction and poverty. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, called, it's called uh, a, a, a pathology is what it's actually called. That's the word for it? Oh, okay, thank you for that. See, I barely speak English. Um, <laughs> what were you going to say? No, I was saying, okay. you know, it, 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 it just, I said it, but, but it's, it's uh, a, a pathology, and especially when you have a, you know, your, your grandfather was an alcoholic. This is my family, you know, my grandfather, yeah. he, and they didn't call themselves alcoholic. They called my grandfather, he like, he was fucking crazy. All the men drunk heavy, drunk hard. You know, yeah. so it didn't it didn't make any sense to call them an alcoholic. And then my father, he drunk very hard, and, you know, and I was like, I'm going to break that. You know, I'm going to break that. You know, I didn't have any children, you know, and that was because, you know, my own uh, things that I'm I'm trying to work through, 
you know, they show up 10, whatever your issues are, they show up 10 times in your kid, right? Like you said, with your father, he had the same issues, but it yeah. showed up even more profound in you because that's how this works. That's how pathologies work. They show up 10 times worse in your children on some degree. And uh, I just thought, no, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't need some kid come back to me saying, you fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I know what you mean, but, man. But yeah. I did that to my kids. Man. Yeah, and you know, you and the only thing that you can say to them is, you know, look, I'm I'm sorry and forgive me. I, I didn't know. I, I only did the best I could. You know, that's all I can I can offer. I did the best that I could. I can't give you what I don't have. I can't teach you what I did not learn. You know, and to me, I think that if I would have known those words, maybe I would have made had children. But I knew even as a kid, you know, knowing that you know, whatever my parents' issues were, were going to come become my issues. Mm-hmm. And if that, and I started within my own life, and then I knew that whatever my issues were, were going to come my children's issues. So it's like, and I haven't worked through them. You know, I'm, I'm 44 right now. And I, at least I can say that I'm on the better other end of it. But no, I don't, I don't need a kid coming to me saying, you know, I, I, you know, you fucked my life up, <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't, I don't, I don't need that, but so I have no regrets by not having any children, but I do, um, do understand. I, I see my parents for the human beings that they are. And I have a lot of respect for them because I understand that they're human beings, a woman, a man that's trying to get through their life, just like I'm a man. And I'm trying to get through my life as well. Yeah, I, you know, what I've realized, too, with going back to my dad for a second, as I forgave him and then forgave him a little bit deeper and forgave a little bit more and forgave a little bit more, I started to see, because I never had good memories of him. And then all of a sudden, now, over the last year and a half, and my wife has helped a ton with this, but a little, because she's helped me heal. But I've, I've started to see the good things that my father added in my life and, you know, certain characteristics I have now, like when I started DJing, you know, I, I didn't, I, that was completely random how it happened and ended up being one of the most, it it is one of the most fun things I get to do. Um, But, you know, he was a musician and traveling musician and was successful. Like he had a couple top 10 hits and, you know, his band was, it was well known in the sixties in the United States. And, you know, and so like when I'm DJing, even though I can't play an instrument, you know, it's close enough. But just getting to work with the crowd and stuff like that, like I swear I feel my debt. And that that showmanship style that I have naturally, that came from my dad. My dad was a showman. My dad would play for the nursing home. Like he didn't care. When we would go see my grandmother at the nursing home, my dad would be jamming out on the piano, like playing rock and roll on the piano at the nursing home, getting these old people just like grooving. And like, I mean, I I started to see stuff like that and it's amazing. And now the other thing too, that I've learned is that, yeah, he set up really bad example as a father. He did, he wasn't a good dad. He wasn't, he had no time for me, you know? And nothing was ever good enough. I never heard good job. I never heard, I'm proud of you. And I was a, I mean, I was a good athlete. I won tons of golf tournaments, won tons of championships in football. Like, I mean, I did all those things, 
growing up and I never heard good job. And that wrecked me. That said, now that God has restored my life, because everything I lost, man, the homelessness, the bankruptcies, all the, all the family, my kids, God has restored everything that I lost. Everything. I have the wife of my dreams. I kid you not. The wife of my dreams. I have two amazing little girls, a five and six year old that, you know, they're my stepkids, but I, I swear to you, spiritually, they're my kids. I, I, I have no idea how God I worked out this way, but my two extreme dominant personalities are both those kids. They are make, they were made for me. And that, and so I, that is such a joy. And so now when I work with them, I don't think about what I learned from my father, unless if it's, I didn't like that when he did it to me. So now I'm going to try this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try this. So in fact, he did teach me what not to do, but yeah. sometimes that's more powerful than telling someone what to do. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely feel you on that, man, in terms of, you know, um, just, you know, you stop for a month. Sometimes you just have to stop and pray. You know, you have God so profoundly in your life and you are listening to that inner guidance. And sometimes you have to stop and say, God, tell me how to do this, mm. you know, because I don't know how to do it. Tell me what do I need to do? How I need to do this? What I need to say? And yeah, you know, you get answers. You get answers. Amen. You know? So what can, how can we get your book? I know you say you can get it on Amazon.com. You can also get it on uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, is there any other ways we can also get your book? I mean, it's kind of all over the place, but really mm -hmm. Amazon and Barnes and Noble are the best places. Um, I love Amazon. Amazon has all three versions, which are the ebook, paperback, and hard copy. Um, every bit of the proceeds go to the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation to help fund our mission. Um, we're our mission, just the short version of our mission, because it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty bold. But you know how um, you remember the rec centers were like the safe places that kids could go play in the community, like community playrooms, where they play basketball and ping pong and stuff like that. Well, we want to do the same thing. Yeah. We want to do the same thing with having some of that stuff, but really, ultimately, it's about the media centers that are inside. We want to give and equip children, or ch I say children, teens, teens, and even, and, and we'll have special, special breakout rooms for people that are adults, because I don't want, like, I, I want to keep that separate for safety reasons and so on. Adult problems are usually more complicated than kid problems. Um, but we want to use that same, that same, we will not, we want to, we will in these centers have teach kids everything they need to know about media and also broadcasting. And whether you want to be a, a broadcaster or not, the fact is that you need, everyone needs to learn how to be on camera, how to, how to speak, um, and, and how to talk because business moving forward will only be done this way. So these kind of skills and learning how to monetize your message, learning how to publish a book, learning how to make your own products. I was blessed in college. Um, I was a, <laughs> please don't laugh at me. I was a backup dancer uh, in Masterpiece Son, Little Romeo. He did, they did a retake of It Takes Two. You know, It Takes Two to Make a Thing Go Right. 
Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> we did a remake of that. I was a backup dancer in the video. And I've been in a few other I'll music videos. Out. <laughs> um, but I got to meet Master P. And I, in my dumb college brain, I'm wanting to smoke weed with that Master P. Master P doesn't smoke weed. What Master P does is do business. And I learned a lot from him that day and then moving forward about media and, and owning your content, owning your messaging, owning anything you promote, you own. So one of the things that we do and teach with the foundation is how to monetize your yourself. So how to create, whether it's custom formulating or custom creating or just white labeling. But we teach people to only promote what you actually own, have a stake in, or you're getting paid for. Now, personally, I would rather have my brand on something than promote someone else's. But we teach all of that stuff. So you can have this, remember, media organization, and every you're the center of the universe. So everything you're putting out will come back to you, and you can monetize it. So clothing, yeah, awesome. cars, suits. Um, it could be water bottles, it could be supplements, it could be anything. So we teach all that and how to incorporate it into your broadcast or into your business. Yeah. That's yeah, the I love that, man. <laughs> So we I want to have these media centers to help kids because uh, one other thing, I want to finish this part. This part's important to me. There's a lot of kids that have zero to, desire to go to college or they don't have the money to go to college or they don't want to be strapped in debt, or maybe they just have a different vision. So maybe they want to be an artist. Maybe they want to paint. Maybe they want to draw. Maybe they want to be spoken word. Maybe it's a talk show. Maybe it's an actor. The fact is you're going to need to know all the same stuff. And so we teach the youth that so they can make their dreams come true and they can break the cycle of poverty, of addiction, or even being held down by their community. Because that happens too. That's amazing to me because you know a lot of times I hear about rec centers and things like that. As a kid, I had no had zero interest in uh, bouncing the basketball or, yeah. or throwing a football. And that was when you when you went to a rec center, that was it. It was like you know if you wasn't going to play basketball or you were going to you know do some you know there was nothing for you you know. And that you're you're creating a, a center where people can go there and learn um, how to enhance their and cultivate their skills and abilities outside of just uh, you know a basketball or football you know or you know something that like that is I, I think that's amazing to me I, I I would greatly have benefited from from that from what your program is doing as a, as a teenager. Well, I appreciate that. And look, we know it's not for, you know, it's not going to be for our belief. Everyone needs to know, but not everybody immediately, you know, just starts to think that, oh, I want to be media and I want to broadcast it. That's surface level. That's looking at it on the surface. There's a much deeper, more important reason because media in some way, I mean, look, you, you, you it's good to learn and have your the basics down for sure. Um, but media is going to be a staple of all education moving forward. And, 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 and some people dismiss that. Some people can't see it. Man, I'm in this thing every day. I, I've seen it for years. And it's not just about censorship. It's about where we're going with the fourth industrial revolution. I mean, it's needed. Like we evolve. We're, 
we are meant to evolve and to change and that and it's happening and it's going to happen super quick like in in the in the pieces are in place like the closer we get to well starlink for instance the closer we get to starlink being global the faster we're going to see qfs which is the global financial system the new one that's coming in that we're going to see all this when you see those things happening just know the urgency meter just went up a hundred times. Mm. So start building it now. And if you don't know how, contact me. Because I mean, this is yeah. what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And and you know, get mentoring, get coaching, and that's exactly what you're you're teaching. So is there anything else you want to mention before we go? No, man, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, you didn't really hit me with the any crazy questions, but I, I was I was all no, geared up I, and ready. I, I didn't I didn't have to. I didn't. Have to. <laughs> That's true. You did. I mean, I thought you were going to pick me apart, and I'm like, oh, listen, I'm I'm I was all game for it and fired up for it. And anyway, no man, this is cool because I conversation style is more my thing. Anyway, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Not everybody. I'm not usually a welcome guest on most people's shows. That's why I have my own. <laughs> but I am. Man, I am so honored. I, I, you're a great host and, and just a good, cool dude, man. I, I'll never forget our first conversation. And I really enjoyed yeah. that. So I just, I, I speak blessings over your, your mission, what you're doing. And, and I'm just super grateful for the opportunity to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here too. I had a chance to speak, had a chance to speak with you as well. And I'm glad that you said our first conversation, you know, and uh, which is our, you know, our second conversation, but uh, definitely want to have many more with you because um, I get the most value from people who have lived life and got some very difficult lessons and learned from them. That to me is, is, is what I love to talk. This is the person that I want to talk to. If nothing happened to you, if people out there, you know, nothing's happening to you, you haven't been through anything, I'm not interested in speaking with you. I want someone who has been through the fire, you know, and have come out on the other side and saying, look, I'm not perfect, but this is some things that I learned on the other side of that. Yeah. So thank you. And it's never too late to turn your life around. It's never too late. It's never no. too late. I mean, unless you're dead. I mean, that's a different story, but it's never too late. And I and I got to tell you, it'll shock you. I mean, there's a lot of people out there struggling with a lot of hidden stuff. Mm -hmm. There is a superpower in truth. And my life, if any legacy I leave, any legacy I leave, and I hope to leave a, a big one. I really do. Because I did a lot of bad, a lot of evil. But if I leave any legacy... But the one that I want the most is to show people how powerful truth is and how healing, wow. how comforting, how empowering, how freeing it is. I, I can literally say the things that I talk about, the things I talk about in the book without batting an eye, not because I'm a crazy person, because it doesn't affect me and it doesn't hurt me. There's nothing you can say about me that I haven't said about myself and, and haven't had, I promise you, I've had really bad things said. I've had people try to, I mean, I've had death threats recently for the stuff that we do. I don't care about that. It doesn't phase me because I'm just, I, I'm, I'm doing 
what I'm called to do. And when my time comes, it comes and I'm good with that. And I'm at peace with that. But I have that because I know God and I know what God has for me and I know what God wants for me. And that is about the most comforting thing that I can even think of. And so that's why I get to live the life I get to live. It almost seems like it's carefree, but I care a whole lot. But I am free. I'm free. I'm free from this government. I'm free from the world. I, I'm just me. And, you know, sometimes that's the greatest gift of all is just getting to be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely need to get, your, get yourself back. You know, and I'll have um, I'll have links to your book, The Devil Inside Me, and also link to your movie, and also the link link to Live. I'll make sure I'm saying this correctly because I, I keep saying Mana, but it's Mana. Yeah, there's Mana and Mana are two different things. Um, mana, M-A-N-A, is supernatural power, like so, godlike mm -hmm. source power. And there's a lot, there's variations of the meaning, but we chose the Polynesian version. There's a story behind it and there's a reason why. But our goal in life, live is the verb to live, superly naturally powerful worldwide. So our goal is to teach people how to do that, to step into their gifts. The ultimate superpower is again, being what you were created to be. So if we can teach people, guide them and equip them to be able to do those things, now our, the title of our, our foundation makes sense. So we want to elevate everyone around us. That is our goal. Yeah. And we are equipped, my wife and I both, um, and our team, we have an amazing team of people. Um, we are blessed uh, to get to do that day in, day out. And it's so much fun. Yes, yes. Well, I am wishing you more and listening to you speak about it and seeing the passion um it's definitely something that i think is going to be amazing and is already amazing so thank you for joining me god bless you brother thank you so much yeah